0: They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty stores and ulta.com.
1: It's Thursday, May 27th. I'm Akila Hughes,
2: and I'm Gideon Resnick, and this is What a Day, where we are asking for the Mars Rover's address so we can send it a care package.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've just been writing Mars on stuff, and I don't know how to get more descriptive than that.
2: It is where they are. I mean, you know, you can't fault us. On today's show, a Georgia monument to the Confederacy will get a monumental revision, plus we'll have headlines.
1: But first, the latest. Well, the MGM lion and all that comes with him now belongs to Amazon. <laughs> the Natural uh, <laughs> progression of things, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a lot going on with the company at the moment, from this deal to some potential legal troubles. So Giddy, let's start with what we know about this MGM sale.
2: Yeah, so yesterday Amazon said that it planned on purchasing MGM for a whopping $8.45 billion with a B dollars. Yeah. Wow. Uh, several outlets reported that this is about 40% more than what other companies kicking their tires thought the old Hollywood studio was worth. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who was doing what calculations <laughs> where. Uh, those companies included Comcast and Apple, apparently, though. Now, Amazon is going to own a library of content from MGM, including an estimated 4,000 movies mm. and 17,000 hours of TV, mm. which means that they are going to try to rope in more Amazon Prime subscribers and try to compete with the other streaming services. The biggest get, or I guess one that got the most attention, about half of the James Bond series. Shout out to the first person who tweeted, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to Prime.
1: Oh my goodness. Well, you know, I'm not saying that the Marilyn Monroe movies are more important, but I kind of am. So what else is part of the catalog?
2: That is very true. Uh, Well, there are other movies like the Marilyn Monroe movies. There is Rocky. There's RoboCop, Silence of the Lambs, Legally Blonde, and more. Mm. But maybe the more wild part, honestly, is the TV side of things. So if you've gotten totally lost in all these monopolistic-y acquisitions like I have, you might have missed that years back, MGM actually acquired Mark Burnett's production company. Yes, Mm. that Mark Burnett. So the MGM library also has shows like Shark Tank and The Voice and all of The Apprentice a show I'm sure everyone would love to revisit.
1: Woof. I mean, what is Peacock going to do? Is Peacock part of it now? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Not really sure. But this is coming at a moment where these older movie studios are funneling things through streaming services. As we all know, HBO Max has the stuff from Warner Brothers. But this Amazon deal might not be a done deal yet. So what's going on?
2: That is a great question. I'd say it wouldn't be a done deal if some members of Congress get their way here. So Mm -hmm. Amazon, like many of these other massive tech giants, has found a way to unite politicians of basically all affiliations in just hating their guts. Uh, To that end, yesterday, Senator Amy Klobuchar called on the DOJ to investigate the sale on the grounds that it could harm competition. Republican Representative Ken Buck and Senator Josh Hawley uh, voiced similar concerns and said that the sale shouldn't go through either.
1: Wow. So they have people who believe that Joe Biden is the president and people who believe that Trump is the president say they (laughs) suck. Interesting. Uh, And on top of all of this, they also just got hit with an antitrust suit in D.C. So what's the word on that?
2: Yeah, the main contention from the D.C. Attorney General is that Amazon is engaging in anti-competitive practices by basically preventing independent sellers from selling their stuff elsewhere at lower prices. Mm -hmm. That, in turn, also leads to higher prices for us, the consumers. And Amazon denies the allegations, of course, and the suit is somewhat limited given that other AGs from other states didn't join it. But it definitely does speak to this broader trend in antitrust suits against companies like Google and Facebook and an investigation into Amazon by the Federal Trade Commission.
1: Yeah. All this went down while Amazon held a shareholders meeting yesterday, too. So what Mm -hmm. happened in that part of the whole thing?
2: Yeah, so a lot going on for Amazon. Uh, For one thing, Amazon workers from Bessemer, Alabama, including a previous guest of Wad, Jennifer Bates, spoke in an effort to back a couple of proposals at this meeting. One was to put an hourly worker on the board to address the risks that they face in their day-to-day jobs. Mm -hmm. Another was to press for an audit of Amazon's impact on racial equity. Both apparently did not pass in Bezos' last meeting as CEO. An apt ending, maybe, although he announced his final day is July 5th. But after that, he'll stick around as executive chair of the company's board. Yeah. So that is a recap of what is in store for Amazon's future. Now, Akilah, you've been tracking a story that is about Georgia's past. The past
0: is the past, and we have to live with it. and We have to grow from it. And I'm uh, trying to make so my, my concern is what we're doing today. And uh, what about what? What are we? And uh, our hope for tomorrow.
1: All right, so that was the first black chairman of the Stone Mountain Memorial Association, Reverend Abraham Mosley, talking about what the largest Confederate monument in the country means historically and what it can mean for the future. Perhaps you learned about Stone Mountain, Georgia as a punchline on 30 Rock, or last <laughs> year when white supremacists marched there as a counter-protest to supporters of George Floyd, or maybe you're just hearing about it today. But what you need to know is until recently, there is a park in the city filled with Confederate flags. It also has a giant stone mountain and carved into its side is a huge mural of Jefferson Davis, Stonewall Jackson, and Robert E. Lee. And I'm talking huge. The three-acre carving is the world's largest bas-relief sculpture. To reiterate, it is the largest Confederate Mm. monument in the country. Yes, the country that defeated the Confederacy. The news (laughs) is that this week, the organization that runs the park said the monument will be left intact. However, there will be far more context added to the park about the actual history of the Civil War that's not just a one-sided love story for the side that lost.
2: Yeah, that would make some amount of sense. Uh, So regarding the history of the park, this huge carving wasn't some preemptive, misguided celebratory art from Civil War times, right?
1: Yeah, no, they didn't think that they won. And then they had to just like live with it. Uh, most Like most of the Confederate monuments of the country, it was created in the civil rights era as a warning to black people seeking equality. There's no significance to the location for the Civil War either. It was just, you know, a good place outside of Atlanta for racists to remind black people that they weren't welcome. And you know how Republicans are waging an all out war on critical race theory and diversity? Well, back then, they just carved their feelings into a wall instead of being interviewed about it.
2: Yeah, I guess uh, the upside is they might have had some artistic talent at some point. That is, that <laughs> yeah, is I miss this, the artistry take? of the racists. <laughs>
0: Bring <laughs> right, it back.
2: Right. <laughs> Yes, um, definitely, definitely what the takeaway is. Okay, so the park is getting a facelift of sorts. Uh, What do we know about the plan changes?
1: All right, so the park's board of directors announced Monday that they'll be creating a new on-site exhibit that explores a much more realistic view of the South's history rather than this fairy tale nonsense. And there were also loads of Confederate flags that line the park's main walking trail, and those will be relegated to an educational section of the park rather than be the official treason flag of Stone Mountain. And beyond that, the official logo for the park will no longer be those Confederate at losers depicted in the carving. I mean, leaders, but who's counting? Uh, but this is all good news.
2: Yeah. Uh, did the parks leaders explain why they're actually taking this step now? Hopefully it was related to the protests from last year.
1: All right. So it's worth noting that the pressure to update the park was not a partisan thing, but there was a lot of financial pressure. On Monday, the CEO of the association said that this was a business decision, which also checks out. Last year, the park's revenue plummeted by 50 percent. Obviously, some of that could be due to the pandemic. But in a state with shaky leadership, it's clear that the Klan rally didn't really help make the Diet Dr. Republicans (laughs) comfortable enough to have a picnic there, at least not without their robes.
2: Yeah, no Diet Dr. Republicans uh, have been found in and around (laughs) Stone Mountain in the past year, we can attest.
1: They're just chilling out in their suburbs. Uh, But my last point (laughs) is just that the state has laws on the books to protect Confederate monuments, while Governor Kemp recently called critical race theory a, quote, dangerous ideology. So he doesn't want teachers to teach about racism in the context of the Civil War, but he also wants to protect the monument of the losing side that were fighting to keep slavery, an inherently racist and objectively more dangerous ideology. We'll keep you posted as more of these antebellum garbage monuments are tumbling down, but that's the latest for now. It's Thursday Wad Squad, and for today's temp check, we're talking about improving our little social media prisons. Instagram and Facebook introduced an option yesterday that lets users hide like counts on posts. This comes in response to criticism that social media's focus on public affirmation could affect mental health. I, I news to me. Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but with the new update, Instagram and Facebook users can hide likes on their feed with one setting and make their own like counts invisible to others with a second setting. People have to opt in for now, so influencers don't have. Have to worry that their clout will disappear overnight. But Giddy, do you like these options, and are you gonna be enabling them?
2: You know, I don't know that I use either enough to <laughs> make it work for myself. Uh, to be perfectly honest, um, I feel like I don't post on main, as it were, for for Insta. It's true, um, <laughs> or I haven't in, in quite a while, or infrequently. So that being said, yeah, I mean, I like, if you are having an issue with this being in your face all the time, disable it. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, there, it seems like there's like no good reason not to do that if that's going to make your day like ever so slightly easier. Yeah, like take the burden off of yourself. Um, All that shit is stupid anyway. (laughs) But uh, same question for you, Akilah. How do you feel about all this?
1: I mean, I think it's great to give people the options. Uh, You know, I I do think that social media is very dangerous, especially for a lot of young people's mental health. Like I was just thinking the other day, I wish, I mean, I'm glad that I didn't have Instagram when I was in high school. Like if I had to see what my crush was doing all the time (laughs) on their story, and it was with people who weren't me, I'd just be dead devastated like every day would be the worst day of my life um, but yeah I think that you know knowing how many people are seeing things seems like a very great thing for a business who's just trying to collect a ton of data and you mm-hmm. know rank us and make that some sort of currency that we all have to chase after but in a world without <laughs> it maybe people will actually be creative maybe people will say things that you know need to be said instead of what is popular I think that uh you know it's it's definitely for the greater good to stop incentivizing people to be the most you know uh, bare minimum version of themselves to get likes so I'm all for it. I'll probably enable it. You know why? Because I don't even look at Maine. I'm mostly on stories. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Maine, quite honestly, is boring.
1: Well, just like that, we have checked our temps. Stay safe. Uh, You know, maybe just disable for a minute. See how it makes you feel. And uh, we'll be back after some ads. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines.
2: A gunman opened fire at a rail yard in San Jose, California yesterday, killing eight people, many of them employees. The sheriff's office identified the gunman as an employee of the Transit Authority, but did not identify his motives. He was found dead at the scene, leading officers to believe he had killed himself. The shooting is believed to be the deadliest the Bay Area has seen since the 90s. President Biden and Governor Gavin Newsom called on state and congressional lawmakers yesterday to take action on gun violence. According to the Gun Violence Archive, there have been 68 mass shootings in the United States within just the past two months.
1: Just too much. America, please get it together. Well, Howard University is naming its College of Fine Arts after alumni and Black Panther star Chadwick Boseman, who died of colon cancer last year at age 43. Boseman had intended to serve on the board of the college and spoke at commencement in 2018. Dean of the Chadwick A. Bozeman College of Fine Arts is fellow alumni and legendary actor Felicia Rashad. <laughs> uh, she starred as Claire Huxtable on The Cosby Show, won a Tony Award and lots of NAACP Image Awards, and was Bozeman's friend and mentor. Anyway, there's still one billion things in this country named after old illiterate racists, so let's just <laughs> call them all Bozeman until we figure out what the fuck is going on.
2: Yeah, that is a great plan. Mm -hmm. A small activist hedge fund made history yesterday after ousting at least two members from Exxon Mobil's board of directors. Engine number one is a fund made up of investors with environmental goals, and they've been leading an effort to appoint people to the board who can lead Exxon in a greener direction, as opposed to the direction that heads towards mass extinction. Those are our (laughs) options. Uh, The group only owns a tiny portion of the company's shares, but they've managed to convince some of Exxon's biggest shareholders to support their candidates. Winning one board seat would be unprecedented for activist shareholders, and engine number one got two. This is a huge step for shareholders that have been pushing for oil companies to invest more in renewable energy and work to reach zero emissions.
1: While we're on the subject of the planet's future, a new consequence of global warming just dropped. In Turkey's Mm -hmm. Sea of Mamara, thousands and thousands of tons of sea snot have appeared on the surface of the water. This stuff looks exactly like it sounds, and it harms ocean ecosystems and makes fishing impossible. The snot is created by phytoplankton, the microscopic plants that usually fill seas with oxygen. Usually, we'd think of these plants as Nemo's friends, but when there are too many, they become Nemo's foes. It's a better name for a movie, honestly. Um, Anyway, warmer water and pollution have caused phytoplankton populations to explode, leading to the excessive snot. It appeared for the first time near Turkey in 2007. Reversing climate change will help mucinex the ocean, but until that (laughs) happens, experts say Turkey needs to limit agricultural runoff and overfishing.
2: Yeah, I'm going to send in tons of those little Mucinex guys.
1: Go for it. I'm just going to chuck some Claritin in and say a prayer. And those are the headlines. (laughs)
2: that is all for today if you like the show make sure you subscribe leave a review mucinex the ocean and tell your friends to listen
1: and if you're into reading and not just about snot like me what it is also a nightly (laughs) newsletter check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe i'm Heila hughes
2: i'm gideon resnick and And name name more things things bozeman Bozeman.
1: it's a great name has a good ring to it the guy was fantastic why not
2: yeah bozeman montana rename it this bozeman
1: yeah chadwick a bozeman montana (laughs) there you go What a Day is a production of Crooked Media.
2: It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis.
1: Sonia Tun and Jazzy Marine are our associate producers.
2: Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran, Akila Hughes, and me.
1: Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka.
2: Here's to the paper pushers. The Rush Hour Warriors and the gotta get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com.
3: Feel like you got enough to do already?